Welcome to the Dulas Youth Podcast. We hope this encourages and empowers you to be connected to God and one another. Thanks for joining us today. Enjoy the message. Welcome back to the Digging Deeper Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Cameron, and today I am joined by Mike Nolan. Yes, you are. Mike, you excited to be here? I am. This is going to be fun. So does it feel weird to you that we actually allowed you to be a part of something this yeah, week? <laughs> it's a little different, but I like it. I'm for it. Mike usually gets to be a part of whatever is behind the scenes. Yep. So working a camera, doing that. Today, we allowed you to come in front of the camera. Thank you for that. So here you are. This is your debut. My spotlight. Don't mess it up. I'll do my best. All right. So, Mike, I thought it would be good for everyone to get to know you a little bit better before we jump into the discussion from Sunday's message. So... We're going to play a game that I love to play. Okay. We've played it with Brian. We've played it with Kelly. We've played it with Cole, I think, like, just last week. So here we go. This is gut reaction. This is whatever is buried down deep in your heart. It's just going to come out of your mouth. All okay? right. Jesus is the one that said, from the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks. So you just got to let that mouth speak. Okay. Okay? So I'm just going to give you a category, and you just go with it. Let's do it. Favorite athlete. LeBron James. Favorite sports team? Miami Hurricanes. Favorite NASCAR driver? Dale Earnhardt, senior and junior. That, They're two different people. Those but. are two different people. We're asking just for one. Okay. <clears throat> Favorite restaurant? Ruth's Chris. Favorite candy? Reese's. Favorite actor? Jim Carrey. Favorite movie? Um... <laughs> Go. Field of Dreams was like my first favorite movie as a well, kid. That's your favorite movie. That's what's in your heart. Okay. Uh, favorite fast food restaurant? Chick fil A. Favorite place to order French fries? Wingstop. Okay. Uh, favorite soda? Diet Coke. Favorite food? Steak. Favorite pizza? Pizza Hut. Favorite kind of pizza, I guess. Uh, chicken, bacon, pepperoni. What? Yeah. Okay, you are so weird. Okay, favorite state? Favorite state, Florida. Um, last one. Okay. Favorite book of the Bible? Romans. Romans. Yep. Favorite verse out of the book of Romans? Uh, so I like it. chapter five, yeah. Okay, quote something out of five. Yeah, it's the whole that Jesus died for, didn't die for the... Yeah, I can paraphrase it. <laughs> the unrighteous, but yes. the right, or by, for the righteous, but the unrighteous. Yes, that. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. There's inside. a lot of good stuff. Yeah, like so. the whole whole justified by faith, right? Mm-hmm. That's good. All right. So on Sunday we talked about Ephesians chapter two, yep. and uh, the end of Ephesians chapter two is all about not just reconciliation, but really unity that comes in the body of Christ because what Jesus has done for us. So the specific context that uh, Paul's writing to in Ephesians is he's writing to this multicultural church, but their main difference, the two races, were Jews and Gentiles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, on Sunday we talked a ton about just kind of how that all works. But what I want to do is I want to go a little bit deeper and I actually want to take us back to chapter 1. And in verse 5, it talks about how God, through Jesus, adopted us as sons. And so Ephesians chapter 2, the end of it that we talked about on Sunday, mm-hmm. um, gives us this idea that 
There are natural born sons. There's Jews, Mm -hmm. sons and daughters. And then there are ones that are unnaturally born. Those that are Gentiles have been grafted in as the way that Paul describes it in Romans. And so what I want to do is I want, I want to go a little bit deeper into this idea of adoption and this idea of adoption biblically. So just give me, from your perspective, yeah. not necessarily from the Bible just yet, yeah. um, but give me from your perspective, since you're not a naturally born son of God, you're not a Jew. Correct. What does it mean to you that, that God has brought you into his family? What, how does that make it any more special or any of that for you? Yeah. So for me, the fact that I'm not a Jew, but, but that God still chose to offer that relationship to me. Like, I don't have it by inheritance. I don't have it by keeping a law. I, I was offered it solely through Jesus. Um, you know, I think it's really cool when you see like families that have adopted somebody Mm -hmm. like there's a, this unconditional love for somebody who isn't blood, but you're still choosing them. Um, and so that's kind of how I see it with, with God. So it's not so much that someone has, someone's a less of a son or less of a daughter because they're not a son or a daughter by blood, Mm -hmm. but they're adopted and what? What I mean, how, how do you view that? Do you view yeah. that as they're, well, they're not real sons and daughters? No. So it, it's through, through that, you know, whether it's a, a, an adoption process or through just your relationship with Jesus, like it goes from, like there is no, there are no illegitimate children through adoption. Like I, I think that when you are choosing that, you're saying, hey, like even though this isn't the natural way, the, the by blood way, you are still 100% part of this family. You, yeah. you are in this. You are ours. Yeah. There's something special of we didn't just have you, mm-hmm. but we chose you. Yes. You yeah. know? Yeah. And I think that that's, that's something that there are times in our lives where we look at adoption almost being as like the last option or the second option, mm-hmm. not the first option. Mm-hmm. But that's not how it works biblically. Right. Like, the, the Bible tells us that before the foundation of the world, that God chose us as sons and daughters. So when we have this, this idea in Scripture, it's not, oh, we're second-class citizens, and mm-hmm. we just kind of got brought in because he had to. No, what God did is he went and he said, no, 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 I choose them, not because of the families that they were born into, not because they're related to Abraham, but literally because I want them in my family. Yeah. But that's that's awesome. That's powerful. Yeah. 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 So as he makes his way through the end of chapter two, he actually goes through this idea that both of us, Jews and Gentiles, those naturally born into the family of God, and then those that have been grafted in and brought in, no longer hostility, but we've been um, we've been reconciled in one body through the cross, killing the hostility. And it says he came and preached peace to you who were far off, and to and peace to those who were near. For through him, verse 18, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. And I love this part. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Now, in Ephesians, 
there's multiple imagery or multiple images used to describe the church. Yeah. Here we have this household of God, okay? Um, later on, we have talking about the bride of Christ. Uh, we have the body. We mm-hmm. have the family, mm-hmm. all these different things. Why do you think God uses different images to describe what the church is like? Why is that helpful to us? I think it's easy to relate to. I think it's easy to look at and go, hey, I, I, I get it. You're, you're a part of something bigger than yourself. Because it'd be, it would be terrible to go through life thinking, hey, I'm the only one. It's yeah. just me. But when I get to be a part of a body, a part of a, a household, a part of a, a church, the, the bride of Christ, you know you're not in it on your own. You know you're a part of something so much bigger than just you. Yeah, and so when he comes here and he talks about the household of God, and he goes on with it in verse 20, he says, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. So that's really God's Word, mm-hmm. okay? Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Now, this is where we get a little bit deeper, okay? Because the word here in Greek, Greek can actually be translated three different ways. It can be cornerstone, it can be keystone, or it can be capstone. capstone yeah. So, the ESV chose cornerstone here, which I'm not going to argue with, but I don't think it's the right one. But a cornerstone on a structure… When you're thinking of a building, the, the most important corner of it, which literally kind of holds the building up, is the cornerstone. Mm-hmm. And still, to this day, when you're building any kind of building, you've got to make sure that first corner is right. A lot of times it has the largest or the strongest stone. Mm-hmm. So this is what Peter talks about in Acts chapter 4 when he's in front of the Sanhedrin. He says that the stone the builders rejected, and he's talking to this Jewish ruling council, mm-hmm. and he says, this stone that you guys pushed out. So literally, it's the imagery of the temple there where he says what you guys did was God's trying to build the temple and it's Jesus, and you took the stone and you threw it out. And he's like, this is the most important stone you needed, and yet you guys threw it away. So he uses cornerstone there. Yeah. Um, so you remember when we went to Israel yeah, uh, in I November, do. we saw what was left of the temple and the, mm-hmm, the walls, and mm-hmm. we saw that the largest stones being there yeah, on the corner. Actually, the largest stone that they know of in the ancient world. It's just crazy. Larger than any of the stones in the pyramids of Giza. Like, you've told me about it before, but seeing it, yeah. I mean, it, it's, you've got to see it for yourself. It, it's yeah, nuts. It's, it's unreal. So, you have the cornerstone, you have the keystone, which that's like the central important part. Um, we don't really see that word in Scripture, but it can be translated that. Mm-hmm. But then we have the capstone. And the capstone, I think it fits really well with the imagery Paul's using here, because if you think of uh, like an old Roman gate to a city, so you have these pillars on the side, and they're not just one column, they're multiple stones that are stacked upon each other, and then as they arch up, which was a Roman way of having a a gate, they, they did this and they perfected this idea. So the archway, whenever you would put that top stone in right there in the middle, it was a capstone. Hold it all together. And it would hold it all together. Yeah. Like literally without mortar. Yeah. It's a really cool design that they figured out. But when you place the capstone, everything now becomes solid. Without the capstone, it all falls down. Mm -hmm. So if you take Jesus out of the Bible, I mean, you just think of the Old Testament, the, Mm -hmm. the, the stuff written by the prophets. You take him out of it, 
it becomes meaningless. I mean, you can just go read any piece of ancient literature that you want and go, oh, well, this is great. That's all the Old Testament becomes. It becomes a bunch of history and, and poems that maybe you like, but it doesn't make sense without Jesus. Yeah, it's yeah. the same idea with the apostles, with the New Testament, with all that they wrote in here. If you don't have Jesus, these are just letters to people. Mm-hmm. They're, not, they're not that powerful. But when you see this being built up, then all of a sudden you put Jesus and he holds it together. And look at what it says in verse 21. It says, in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. That's I think good. it should be capstone, right? Yeah, like yeah. It, capstone it just, definitely makes the most sense. It just seems like it makes a little bit more sense. It's not the most uh, important thing for us to figure out, but they both mean similar things. I just think capstone probably has a little bit better uh, meaning there. Agreed. So where, where Paul leaves us before we get into chapter 3, which we'll do next week, and I'd encourage you to join us because, man, it gets to be some really powerful stuff about the gospel there. But he finishes talking about how it's not just we're being built into this household. We haven't just been welcomed into the family, but what God is doing, it says in him, in Jesus, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. What's Paul talking about? I think he's talking about the the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I think that, that when you... You can look at your life as just meaningless, as, hey, I'm just kind of going through. Or you can, you can look at it like verse 22 says, that you have, you, you are the, the temple. You have the Holy Spirit living and breathing inside of you, leading you, guiding you. And that only happens through Jesus. Like when you become a part of the adopted family, you're welcoming the Holy Spirit into your life to, to lead you. And he has that offer there for each one of us. I think that's so good. Yeah, I, I remember when I was younger, I heard someone say, well, my life first is, you know, whatever. And they're like, you know how that's my life first? And we're like, no. And they're like, well, it's my birthday. <laughs> and so my birthday is June 20th. And so I was like, well, I'm going to look all through the Bible at chapter 6, verse 20. Yeah. So that I can, I can know what it is. And so I, I came to 1 Corinthians 6, and it's really good. But listen to verses 19 and 20. It says, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. And what Paul's talking to us about is he's saying, listen, it's not just that God welcomed you into his family. Like, I don't want to give away where we go in Ephesians, but in Ephesians there's this powerful um, kind of prayer that Paul prays, mm-hmm. where he says, how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the lo- love that God has for those who love him, for us. Um, in 1 John three sixteen, it says, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called sons and daughters mm-hmm. of God. Like just this beautiful picture that we're all welcomed into the family. Yeah. Like that overwhelms us a lot. But that's not all God did for you. Like, God didn't just welcome us into the family. What God did is he actually said, I want to come into your house. Yes. Like, I, I want to make my home inside of you. And what I think is really cool about uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 
when it talks about that the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you, it's the same terminology that's used in John 14. When Jesus says, um, don't let your hearts be troubled, trust in God, trust also in me, in my Father's house are many rooms, many dwellings, that's the word. And he says, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go there to prepare a place for you, yeah. all that sort of stuff. The hope of heaven and the promise of heaven is that we get to have a dwelling with God. Like we get to go to heaven and we get to live with him forever. Like, like that's it. Yeah. When you read Revelation 21 uh, and 22 and you hear this powerful picture of what heaven is like, it's that there's no need for light because God's presence there. Mm-hmm. There's no need for a temple because yeah. God is now with man. And so here we are in 1 Corinthians 6 and in Ephesians chapter 2, and we get to see that it's not just, oh, hey, someday I'm going to have this powerful dwelling with God. No, God says, I want to have that dwelling right inside now. of you. Yeah. And the, the, the way that he carves out a spot in our heart, figuratively, but, and comes and lives inside of us, Man, that's one of those things that it just blows my mind. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we miss it. Yeah. And it doesn't happen before we give our life to Christ. But once we are in Christ, God comes and he lives inside of us. Mm-hmm. And that's powerful. That's so cool that, that we have that chance to have God living and breathing and working in our lives like that. Yeah. Absolutely. That's so good. So as we wrap it up today, uh, Mike, I just think it would be good to take us back to the sermon from Sunday on Ephesians chapter 2 and just encourage everybody with those same words that uh, Paul gave, but in your own words. So what would you say about unity? Yeah. So I, lo- I loved the, the part about unity, just this idea that, you know, from the text, the, you have the Jews and the Gentiles, complete opposite people, being brought together through Jesus. And it gives me hope that... Um, in the world we live in and things going on around us. Um, it doesn't matter our backgrounds. It doesn't matter our upbringings. It doesn't matter um, the, the, the things that the world might say make us different. Um, through Jesus, we have a unique unity. Like those who are in Christ are bonded together through his blood. And I think yeah. that that's found all through um, this, this part of Ephesians 2. I think that's, that's so important for us to hear right now. Yeah, and I think it's so cool that earlier we talked about how we're not sons and daughters by blood. Yeah. Being, being hey, adopted. we're not Jews. Yeah. But being adopted through Jesus, we actually become sons and daughters by, by his blood. blood. Yeah, by yeah. what Jesus has done. Yeah, so I do want to encourage you, make sure that you're tuned in next week. Next week's podcast might just be my favorite one yet, and uh, you're going to want to hear it. So if you have not subscribed yet to our podcast, or if you haven't been sharing it, find someone that you think would find this helpful this week and send it to them, share it on your social media, and we will see you next week. See ya. Thanks for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, even take a screenshot and share it to your social stories and tag us at Youth. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you soon.